0: What a heck of a weekend against those Cubbies. The Brewers take two out of three against Chicago. They are in first place in the NL Central. And the offense took some steps forward. Let's call it like that. We're going to recap the weekend next on Locked On Brewers. You are Locked On Brewers. Your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Good morning and happy Monday, and it's May, shockingly. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Locked On Brewers, and thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. I'm Dominic Catronio. I'm the statistician for Ballet Sports Wisconsin, hanging out in the television booth all season long, covering these brewers here on Locked On Brewers, your only daily podcast dedicated to the crew. So, a great weekend indeed. They outscore the Cubs 20-4, taking two out of three games. They're in first place. They are now 15-8 and on the young season. We're going to look back at the weekend that it was. We're going to talk about Corbin Burns' great start yesterday in the lack of run support he seems to be getting right now, and also just about today's news with roster crunches and what we expect them to be and things like that. So, without further ado, what a weekend to talk about and to jump in to have plenty to talk about. Let's go back to Friday. A home run derby broke out at American Family Field. What a night it was for the Brewers. I mean, after sweeping the Pirates, taking a nail-biter nail in the last game of that series... You know, you're feeling good, but knowing that it's going to be a, a jumping environment coming up the weekend with the Cubs, of course, their fans driving up here to Milwaukee, as we know, I love the jabs by the scoreboard team, by the way, on the uh, some of the trivia stuff. That was a whole lot of fun to watch happen, but you had to make sure you were ready because Kyle Hendricks was getting the ball. You were facing the top of this Cubs rotation, and the way that Hendricks just pitched against them last time, you're thinking, all right, well, we've got to figure it out. So you've got Adrian Hauser on the mound in this game. And man, Adrian Hauser and the whole staff. Bill Schroeder talked about this yesterday. No one missed a day this last fourth time through the rotation. The numbers are absolutely insane. Listen to this for the the fourth time through the rotation for the Brewers staff. This fourth time through, they go the last two times through, I should say. The last two times through the rotation, they go 65 innings. A 1.65 ERA, a 0.872, a sub-1 whip, and over 12 strikeouts per nine innings. That's the third and fourth times through the starting rotation. Adrian Hauser got the ball uh, on Friday, and he pitched great. Another quality start. In fact, six shutout innings for Adrian Hauser. He had three walks and six strikeouts, earning his second win of the season as the Brewers bludgeoned Kyle Hendricks to the tune of Of three home runs, Jace Peterson, Andrew McCutcheon, Christian Yelich, Hunter Renfro, Willie Adamas, and Renfro, by the way, went twice. Uh, It was a fun one on Friday night. They score 11 runs, 13 hits, all while holding the Cubs to just three hits in that one on Friday. So everyone happy with that? You show the bats are back, but then you got to ask the question, can they do it again? Can they prove that they can do it again? Not only to do it again, they did it in grand fashion. They win nine to one in Saturday's game, putting a three spot on the board in the first inning off of Justin Steele. And that was a wacky first inning. He had a little bit of everything. in it It was like, I was picturing the the Stefan memes from SNL. You know, it's like this inning had everything, had an infield single. It had a, like a couple of errors, it had a weird play where the pitcher tried to tag the runner and it didn't work out. You had a challenge that was won by the Brewers, it, three nothing after one inning of play. Steele had to throw forty pitches. He was never the same after that. The Brewers win nine to one in Saturday's game and only holding the Cubs to six hits. The Brewers went five for ten with the runners in scoring position on Saturday, so five of the twelve hits were with a runner in scoring position. And of those twelve hits, seven of them came with two strikes. They weren't afraid with two strikes against whoever the Cubs were throwing out there. They had another home run derby later in the game. They went uh, back-to-back Christian Yelich and Hunter Renfro off Lock St. John later in the contest when it was pretty much in hand already. And, uh, oh, lest we forget, Eric Lauer, the zoom ball was zooming again. Seven great innings, only allowed one run, one walk, 11 strikeouts. His second consecutive start with 11 strikeouts. He's the seventh Brewer pitcher ever to have back-to-back starts of 10 strikeouts or more. Only the second lefty ever to do it with Teddy Higuera. And then, uh, of course, most recently, Corbin Burns. He's done it five times now, uh, and including in yesterday's game. More on that in a second. Brewers win on Saturday by a final of 9-1. to And then yesterday's game, a little bit tougher. So yesterday, a 2-0 shutout against the Cubs. This is one of those games, it's a great reminder. Yes, you, you've, you're 6-0 against the Pirates and you just swept them and you've looked really good, you know, at times against other teams. How hard it is to sweep in baseball. Because if you're looking game to game, you're going to be frustrated. You know, is it a game you should have won? Maybe on paper. Corbin Burns on the mound against Marcus Stroman certainly advantage Burns, but look, one bad pitch from Corbin Burns led to a solo homer. Then the second mistake he made led to an RBI double from Seiya Suzuki. He made two bad pitches in seven innings. That should be enough to win you a game. But you tip your cap to Marcus Stroman. He did a great job. He gets his first win as a Cub. Not only did he keep the ball on the ground, he got a few more strikeouts this time around. He had 5Ks against the Brewers. He only faced one over the minimum for the first five innings of the game. Got a couple ground ball double plays. 90 pitches was a season high for him. I saw a few folks saying, like, oh, why'd you pull Stroman so early? Well, their their A bullpen was pretty rested. I was actually kind of surprised they went with Rowan Wick as opposed to Michael Givens there in the eighth inning. And Rick was lifted for uh, David Robertson to throw uh, a five-inning, or excuse me, a four-out save in this one, and David Robertson got the job done. It was his first four-out save since 2017. Burns, tough luck loss. It was his first loss officially of the year. He got 10 more strikeouts in seven innings, only allowed those two earned runs, but now Burns, with some history, his third straight start with at least 10 strikeouts. Terrific stuff from him. Brewers went 0-5, for 5, though, with runners in scoring position, but yet they held the Cubs to 0-4 for 4 with runners in scoring position. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on the loss just because, look, they got shut out. Strowman pitched well. You tip your cap. You move on. You still won the series. You still outscored the guys 20-4. to Why do you want to dwell on the loss? There's no reason to. So uh, it was a fun weekend, to say the least. The Brewers take two out of three from the Cubs. Now the season series is level at three games apiece. Uh, They won't meet again until Memorial Day weekend down in Chicago. And remember, that'll be a... Uh, a doubleheader on Memorial Day, mind you, as that's from the uh, rainout in the second game of the season. So a lot of baseball still to come against these Cubbies. And you, you got to figure their team isn't going to change all that much. And if you're going to continue to hold them, look, they score one run, one run, two runs. I think come May, if that's still the case, you're going to be winning three out of four, four out of five. Type series is from uh, from those guys. So the next time you see the Cubbies will be the doubleheader on Memorial Day, May 30th. And then they play the rest of that series Monday, two games, Tuesday, one game, Wednesday, one game. So a four games in three days set uh, off day today, though, as the Brewers get a home off day, their first one of the season before they get ready to welcome in the Cincinnati Reds coming up tomorrow. A 640 first pitch, 640 tomorrow, 640 Wednesday and 1240 on. On Thursday, the uh, Reds, as it's been well-documented, are off to an abysmal start this season. Uh, at the time of recording, they're getting stomped by Colorado, so let's go ahead and call that a loss. They are 3-19 and coming into action tomorrow. So they are the worst team in baseball, and uh, it's been tough. It's been really, really tough, and they just posted Jonathan India on the injured list. So that's a, a tough go of it for the folks over there in Cincinnati. That's a quick look at the recap of the weekend. We're going to dive into Corbin Burns and the offense, what we liked and what we didn't like from the starting pitching as a whole. But before we do that, I want to tell you about our friends at BetOnline, of course. Your number one source for all your sports betting stats and information. I hope they had some lines up there for a Giannis triple-double out there, too. You can find all that information at BetOnline.com. Net. You can find sports developments, league reviews, news, basketball playoffs, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball season going on still. And Bet Online is your continued source, of course, for sports wagering info as well. They've got live betting, the playoff wagers, you've got esports, and you've got plenty, plenty more. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and get in on the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. So this time on Friday, we were sitting here talking about the offense being on life support after a really tough go of it against the Pirates. Well, now we're sitting here saying, all right, well, the offense showed signs of life, that they are in there, that the offense that we anticipated arriving is still in there. So the Brewers, now as a team, have upped the batting average to 218. That's 16 points in just the span of one weekend. So it's still very early. They've only played 23 games, and they're 15-8. and eight. They just capped off their third-best April in the history of the franchise. So the fact that the offense still hasn't clicked the way that we expected it to click, it's starting to get there, is encouraging. Their OPS has jumped to 660, and the home runs are back all of a sudden, too, thanks to facing the Cubbies. They're now fourth in the National League, or rather in a tie for second in the National League with 24 home runs. Uh, The Braves lead the way with 28 this season. Uh, The other thing, the Brewers still don't walk a ton, uh, they're right in the middle of the pack of walks, but when when it comes to strikeouts, they've slowly crept a little bit higher. They're now tied for the second most strikeouts in the National League. So, want to keep an eye on that and see if that sticks around. Uh, hopefully, that can trend downward again. One thing I, I kind of laughed at so far, and this is beauty of the designated hitter and the new age that we're in in baseball with the National League, The Brewers have yet to drop down a sacrifice bunt this season. Uh, They are one of only six teams in the national league, not to have dropped a sacrifice bunt. So I wonder how long that's going to last for Craig council and company Brewers offense showed signs. So let's talk about it, right? It was ice cold in Pittsburgh. Never really had shown signs in Philly either. Didn't score more than four runs. Uh, They scored more than four runs just once in the Saturday game, but the fact is, Corbin Burns gets another loss now, a no decision. He's become the Brandon Woodruff of the team of not getting any run support. Is there a cause for concern? I still believe the offense needs a little bit bigger of a sample size to see what they are. I don't think they've reached their potential at all. They're at best a C- to their performance at this point, in my opinion. Probably a D plus, if you ask me, just with the fact of you know, the cold start, everything going. However, since the cold start, they're one of the best teams at hitting with runners in scoring position. They're hitting over 300 in their last 14 games with runners in scoring position, which is among the top five in all of baseball. So they're showing signs that it could stick around that kind of stuff, hitting with runners in scoring position, situational hitting. I'm always going to lean to that kind of stuff as opposed to overall team numbers. I want to see situational hitting I want to see come-from-behind wins, which the Brewers already have five of them this season. And, and I want to just see sustained offense. Yes, the batting average isn't great. I know that. But what I want to see is, can you make pitchers pitch? Can you make teams sweat out innings? And they didn't really make Marcus Stroman sweat yesterday, but they certainly made Justin Steele sweat on Saturday. And they made Kyle made Kyle Hendricks sweat on Friday. I've said... I want the team to be more aggressive, but it's clear that this is their MO. They want to sweat teams out. If that's what they're going to do, they got to be the best at it. Being patient the way that the Brewers have been, it, it works when the pitcher isn't on. You know, And yesterday, Marcus Stroman was on. You couldn't afford to be patient with Marcus Stroman because the moment you had to try to be over-aggressive, you'd be hitting a ground ball double play against the guy. I still want to see a bigger sample size for the team as an offense. Again, we're only 23 games in. But let's reassess at the end of May and see where things are. You really start to take a formulation of your team in June because you have to decide, all right, are we going to add? Are we going to go all in? What does the team need ahead of the August 2nd trade deadline this year because of the week delay? So the deadline, the trade deadline is not July 30th this year. It is August 2nd this year. So keep that in mind. So June is when you start figuring out what's going on with your team. Or Sorry, August 1st is the deadline. I beg your pardon. So that's what's going on offensively. Pitching-wise, man, the staff has been phenomenal. Let's talk about this this uh, team pitching staff. Right now, at this second, the Brewers' team ERA is 3.01. That is the fourth best in the National League, only behind the Dodgers, the Giants, the Mets. And the Mets, of course, just threw a no-hitter uh, the other night against the Phillies. However, the Brewers have played one and two more games than those guys. They are a, they have 11 saves, which is the most in baseball. They've played more close games than anybody in baseball. They have 14, now 15 games decided by two runs or fewer. And they are a, a total of eight and seven in such games. And the Brewers, albeit a 3.01 ERA, the fact that they have eight losses with a th- practically three ERA Is really kind of shocking. They lead baseball in strikeouts as a staff at 234. They have allowed 14 home runs this year, which is a little bit up from last year, which feels like, man, we've given up so many homers. That's actually the third fewest in the National League. So only the Dodgers and the Giants, who both play in pitchers' ballparks, have fewer home runs allowed, uh, which is something to keep a track of. And Corbin Burns, the fact that he's given up a few home runs this season is rather odd. Uh, They are fourth in whip as a staff, one16 uh, they have pretty much equal as far as ground ball and fly ball outs. They haven't been able to turn many double plays because, well, there haven't been many runners on base because of how many strikeouts they've been getting. Pitching staff's been phenomenal. They've gotten better each time. I think Josh Hader is going to be shortly announced as reliever of the month, if you ask me. Uh, perfect 10 for 10 in saves. What more is it to say about the best closer in baseball? I think Pablo Lopez is probably going to be the NL pitcher of the month. Eric Lauer certainly made a run for it. Corbin Burns could have made an even stronger run for it. Uh, If it wasn't for that clunker on opening day, but man, Pablo Lopez, what he's doing over there in Miami is incredible. What we're getting at here is that the Brewers, as we continue to allude to, it feels like they're starting to hit their stride, but they haven't played their best baseball. Granted, Friday and Saturday was pretty much a perfect microcosm of their best baseball, to say the least. I mean, outscoring a team 20 to 2 over the span of two days with lights out pitching and phenomenal hitting. That's your best. That's pretty darn good. We don't have to ask for that every single game, but we'd like to see a few more homers. We'd like to see maybe five runs, six runs every now and then, not asking for nine and 11 runs every given night. Rather not have this feast and famine type offense, more sustained, actually dependable offense is all people are asking for, and especially Corbin Burns right now, man. How about the lack of run support that he has been getting this year? It's obviously shocking. He's become the, you know, the Brandon Woodruff, as we said, uh, of this team of not getting any run support, but right now, the the numbers on it, it, it's it's pretty sad. He's only the only nine pitchers have more run less run support. Excuse me, only nine pitchers in baseball have less run support than on average than Corbin Burns so far this season. And I want to make a point about this in the fact that because he's your opening day starter, I think we lose sight of the fact that. Generally, the way that the dates line up, you're probably going to be facing either the other team's opening day starter or the number two starter. You're going to be facing good guys. And remember, even Craig Council brought this up yesterday in his postgame press conference that, hey, I remember watching Jacob DeGrom face us and it seemed like he was never getting run support as well. So it, it's kind of. Annoying here, May 2nd, the fact that Corbin Burns is one and one and he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. He has the most strikeouts of any pitcher in baseball right now. Let's let it happen. You know, let's, let's see if it goes the whole year. Um, I remember Felix Hernandez, Jacob deGrom, obviously, most recently of aces that just didn't get run support. It's puzzling. It happens. It it just happens. So we'll see how long it how long this lasts for the Brewers. We're gonna talk about the roster because there is some breaking news. To deal with that in the middle of recording, and we're gonna to get to you a couple of quick mailbag questions. Before we do that, I'll tell you about one of our favorite sponsors here That's Built Bar. Summer's coming, and with summer, you're gonna need some food on the go. Built Bars, they're the perfect snack to take with you, whether you're going on a family vacation, you can throw them in your bag. If you gotta get out and about, just go and see the town, Built Bar is a perfect healthy snack, and they're delicious to keep in your bag on you all summer long. You've got the Built Bars, you've got the Built Puffs, they're covered in 100%. Real chocolate. That means you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. The numbers are insane. 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. There are 12 flavors of bars and puffs. They've got this amazing mixed box. They've got so many different things they got going on all at Built.com. That's B-U-I-L-T.com. And we've got a promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order Again, the promo code at built.com is LOCKED15 to get 15% off. First order of business. Today is the day that the roster has to drop down to 26 players on it. Now, you may have seen the headline from last week, seeing the fact that, oh, what if, uh, you know, remember it was supposed to go down to 13 pitchers, but now you're allowed to keep as many pitchers as you want until May 28th. So, breaking news, literally as we're recording this podcast, it won't be breaking news by the time you wake up and listen to this, but the Brewers have announced their roster moves in order to make way for what we expect Luis Urias to return tomorrow, Tuesday, from his rehab assignment, and that's one of our mailbag questions, too. Mike Brasso and Alex Jackson have been the ones optioned down to AAA Nashville. So, I am a little surprised by Brasso being optioned, but at the same time, you've got a right-handed infielder that can play all over coming up. No sense in keeping two of them uh, for Brasso. He still does have another option here actually still on his contract. So this is the first of two remaining options on his contract. So it does make sense to move Brasso down. We knew Alex Jackson was going to go down to AAA, especially now that Victor Caratini is back off the COVID list. So that's not surprising. So currently as it stands, you would figure that's 26 guys right now, but we're expecting to see Luis Urias be activated ahead of tomorrow's game. They don't have to make that move until tomorrow since they're technically at 26 right now. But you would likely lose a pitcher. Or do you lose Keston Hira? That's the big question right now. And that's going to lead us into the mailbag too. From Alex, he asked, he's been puzzled all year with Hira getting so many ABs against lefties given his career splits. He actually has worse weighted runs created plus against lefties. He's probably getting sound get sent down soon, but I feel like I like a Hira-McCutcheon platoon at D.H. That would be pretty effective. So, Alex, to answer your question, why is Hira getting A-Bs against lefties, it was trying to figure out if he could play a little bit more at second base with Colton Long having a slow start to his season. It was also trying to see if you can give Rowdy a day off here or there because he's about to become the everyday first baseman for the team. But the reason why you're not going to do a platoon with McCutcheon as the D.H., is that would mean you're probably taking Yelich out of the lineup on a more consistent basis against lefties, which I don't think the Brewers want to do for the amount of money they're paying Christian Yelich. The reason why McCutcheon is here is to hit lefties. So to have him sit against righties when he's been one of your more effective hitters on the team just doesn't make sense for McCutcheon. And also, same thing, the amount of money you're paying him, $7.5 million. So for Hira, somebody who has option years remaining, he's still got two option years remaining. It makes sense to send him down likely tomorrow to make room for Urias to come up, which thus makes Rowdy Tellez your everyday first baseman. Because now what you can do, Weicho can play second base if Wong needs a day off. There's your right-handed bat that's playing second base in place of Colton. Now that you've already sent Brasso down as well. However, if you do want to keep here uh, up on the team to play first base, well, now you're taking at-bats away from Rowdy Tellez. So he's in a catch-22 right now of not being, A, a good enough defender at either position to force his way onto the team. And, B, he's off to a cold start again. I know he's hit the ball hard, and we talk about that like it's a really good thing. And, look, hitting the ball hard is half the battle, of course. But with what the Brewers need out of Keston Hira, they don't need line-drive singles. They need power. They need doubles. They need more than that as opposed to just a lot of strikeouts. I mean— Keston, on the young season, has struck out a ton. Yes, the swing looks better, and he's been hitting the ball hard, but right now, is hitting two he He's got 16 strikeouts in 13 games. In fact, 37 plate appearances, 16 strikeouts, so just under half of his plate appearances have been strikeouts, so that really needs to change for Keston. Uh, hopefully, some consistent ABs down in AAA will help him get that, so I would be shocked to see a platoon for McCutcheon and Hira at the DH spot. And this leads us to Urias that Bill asked, is there a concern about Urias' bat in Biloxi? So in his rehab assignment down there in A, he went four for 27. And again, it's not 100% certain. You may know by the time of this recording that Urias, we expect Urias to be back tomorrow uh, off the injured list. Uh, Craig Council had said along, he wanted to get him about 30 plate appearances, and he has got that down in A. So no sense in keeping him down any longer bring him aboard, get him in against the Reds, maybe give William Thomas his first day off of the season. For Weicho, I'm not concerned, but I understand why, given the rest of the team did start off ice cold offensively, and now it seems like Urias is going to be the next guy to be really, really cold at the start of the season. The reason why I'm not concerned, though, is that Weicho is not a guy that is hyper-aggressive and that needs to be hitting for power and needs to be hitting for doubles. He will take his walks. He will be a situational hitter. He's tough to shift against. I feel like for him, the more at-bats he gets and the further into the season he goes, the better he will become. And let's face it, Luis Urias is a better third baseman or a better bat at third base than Jace Peterson and Mike Brasso. So you really want to get him back in the line for that reason. And two... Remember how he ended last season defensively at third base in the playoffs. He was making some shocking plays over there at third. He was getting the start over Eduardo Escobar, who they traded for, with the thought of him playing third base in the playoffs. And then We played the last two games in the playoffs. So I'm excited to see him continue to develop at third base. He did get a couple of starts at short during his double A Biloxi stint. I'm not concerned. I understand why folks may be worried seeing at that stat line down in Biloxi, but He's a big league hitter, he's got more time, and uh, he's going to be back in familiar territory too with his teammates, which will certainly help him out. Talking about the roster, so again, Brasso gone, Jackson expecting him to be optioned. I expect Hira to be optioned tomorrow, uh, and then you get to get a longer look at the guys like Gustave and Milner and Ureña in this bullpen, since there is no pitcher limit until May 28th. Gustave pitched well again yesterday. He's making a stronger and stronger case to stay on this team throughout the rest of the summer. Milner does have option years remaining. Urania does not, even though he did sign a minor league deal, he was added to the 40 man roster and he's been added to the active roster. So he has no options remaining and they may keep Urania for a little bit longer. And then come May 28th, it may be a, a DFA type situation to get him off the roster. Um, That still remains to be seen because he's barely pitched this season uh, as well. And he hasn't really pitched that great either, if we're being completely honest. So I don't think Urania goes tomorrow. If a pitcher does get optioned, I would expect it to be Milner because he has options remaining. But then he do become a heavy right-handed bullpen. There's still time to make that decision. So that's the final segment of this episode, talking about the roster crunch, talking about What's expected here in May? Again, the Reds are in town tomorrow. Off day to day. Sit back, relax, watch some playoff basketball. Shout out to the Bucks yesterday. Triple double for Giannis. If you want to go hang out with our friends at Locked On Bucks, Kane Pittman, he does a great job over there. Uh, I've been tuned into him as well. Been uh, it's been going to be a fun month of May, I think, for the city of Milwaukee here. Pretty soon, uh, between the Bucks playoff run and what the Brewers got going on, just a quick extended look at the schedule here. Got the Reds for three Tuesday through Thursday. Then you have the rematch with Atlanta Friday through Sunday down in Atlanta. Uh, And then the Reds uh, on the road going to Cincinnati Monday through Wednesday of next week. It's a three-city road trip again. Then they go down to Miami to take on the Marlins. See Avi Garcia once again for a weekend. And then back at home for a six-game homestand with the Braves and the Nationals before yet another three-city road trip to close out the month of May. So there are only nine games here at home in May, aside from yesterday's, of course. So if you want to go out and get see some Brewers, you might see them beat up on the Reds this week. So it might be a good week to go check them out. Thank you so much for listening. This was a whole lot of fun. Uh, I think we got a guest lined up for this week, and uh, off day today, so it'll be a little bit different episode tomorrow, and then we'll have recaps for the rest of the week as well. My name is Dominic Catronio. Thank you again for listening. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends about us as well. All of our videos are posted as well of these podcasts on YouTube. And we got our next episode of In the Hopper coming out tomorrow as well. So be on the lookout for that Tuesday morning as well. Again, I'm Dom. Thanks for listening. We will see you tomorrow. Until then, keep on swinging. You are locked on Brewers. Your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.